Every, somebody tell your neighbor, live truth. I believe God wants us to live from truth. And I love what Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1.12. He says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. You know, there's some truths that we need to be reminded of daily. And one of those is our salvation. When we get saved, we don't live in that state. I want to say that again. When you get saved, you don't get saved to live in the state of when you got saved. Salvation is a continual work in our lives. And it's, it's, there's foundational truths, but then there's pillars. See, the difference between a foundation and a pillar is a pillar, once those pillars are down, you can build anything. And, and what begins to happen as you put pillars down, they actually begin to attract the building material that God wants to bring in your life to begin to build what he wants to do in you. As you've heard, even this whole year, God's talking about now. He's talking about understanding what he's doing. He's talking about partnership. He's talking about it's, it's us and him walking this out. It's us understanding what he is doing. And I believe we need to understand who we are as people that are saved. Amen? So for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. I was telling Pastor Kathy as I was preparing for the sermon, and really we put this down for this time of the year last year. And, and ever since we started working this first day one of this series, uh, it, it reminded me so much of Pastor Dennis, because that's really been his message. Salvation in the Holy Spirit. Salvation in the Holy Spirit. 50 years, salvation in the Holy Spirit. I know his slides by heart. Well, the ones I've seen, every time I meet him, he adds more. I think he's up to like 450 slides on, on, on salvation. But it's been the message, and I think we need to be careful not to deviate from the pillars that God has for us. Because it says, through, though you know and are established in present day truth. In present truth. There is a truth that God has for you here and now. You know, we learned through Abraham and Noah and all that we've been learning this year. That God reveals his truth. Not all at once, but depending on where we are in our lives. Because sometimes we're not just re we're just not ready to see it all, and I know we all want all the directions. We're all used to cake mixes and microwave ovens and Folgers coffee, and now curate cups, and we want it all instant. But it doesn't happen that way. There's some things that happen have to happen in you and through you before God can bring the revelation He needs to bring. And I believe. We're in a moment now, not just at Shiloh, but in the church at large, where God wants to bring revelation of where we are. He wants to transform our thinking. He wants to bring us back if we've drifted. Amen? And, and as new creations, I want you to look around. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. I want you to get that. You are a new creation. And as new creations, it's easy to move back. 
to old ways, right? To old ways that you have been completely set free from. I want to say that again. It's easy to drift back to old ways that you have already been completely set free from. See, I'm here today to mess with your theology. So I hope you got pepper, pencils, notes, apps, whatever. If you use an Android, I'm sorry. Actually, Pastor Kathy will confirm this. In China, the Christians have stopped using Androids because if they're built in China, they actually put bugs in them already and they're following them around in the underground church. So they're only using Apple. So today I ask you to get saved and buy an Apple product in the mighty name of Jesus. And Apple, if you're watching me, I appreciate some royalties in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. See, and I believe God's wanting to shift our view from our opinion, our ideas, to truth and reality. Because Jesus lived from a place that was superior to what he saw. Jesus lived from God's mindset. So when he saw the leper, see in the Old Testament, when they saw the leper, if you touch the leper, you were unclean. But in the New Testament and the New Covenant and what God was doing when Jesus saw the leper, he saw him as clean in Jesus' name. Amen? He lived from a superior vantage point. He lived from a kingdom of God mindset because he had a different perspective. That's why we need to shift our perspectives. You don't know how many times I've been in the room with five, six different people, five different viewpoints, and they're all sitting in different parts of the room, and it's all because their perspectives are different. They see the same thing. They understand that it's there, but their view is different. They see maybe the shoulder or the back or the nose, but they just see things very differently. I mean, you watch the news and you hear all the different testimonies of what people saw in, in bad events and you hear different perspectives. But there's certain truths we need to live from every day. You can't live from your salvation 29 and a half years ago. That's when I got saved, 29 and a half years ago. I can't live from that salvation. My salvation is progressive. There was a salvation yesterday, but there's a work that God is doing now. And if we don't understand this message of salvation, we're in trouble. And I think that's the biggest challenge for us spirit-led people. Because we like the feeling of it all. And let me tell you, I love the feeling of it all too. I love the testimonies. I love the stories just this week. You know, they've ministered to over 700 people. Pastor Jules was telling me yesterday uh, in Ethiopia and just the stories of prophetic words and revelation and insight. And I mean, even yesterday as we were uh, at a celebration and just hearing the prophetic words of what God had been saying to people and just seeing that, that excites me, but that comes from a truth. And we have to live rooted in to the truth of God. We can't live God's way and the world's way. 
I want to say that again. You cannot live according to the world and according to God. Because if you do, you will dilute and drift from what God's called you to. I hope you're hearing this because you really, I believe God has some revelation that's going to change your perspective. Amen? I believe in this series, God is saying, I want to override your ways with my ways. Your thoughts with my thoughts. Amen? I want you to not, it's, it's, I don't want you, I believe the Lord's saying, to just want the promises without knowing the promiser. We want the blessings, but we don't know the blesser. We want the fruit of it, but we don't want to plant the seed. We don't want to water. We don't want to weed whack. Actually, God doesn't call us to weed whack. He wants us to de-root. Right? There, there, there's a cultivation. There's a process. And, 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 and I believe God wants to change. There's some fundamental truths that God wants us to get a hold of that need to take root in our lives because that's when you begin to see the power of God delivered in every area of our lives. He wants us to understand who we are in Him. Not who the world says we are, but who does God say you are? As a saved royal priesthood citizen of heaven, who does God say you are? And I believe God's saying, I want to overwhelm you with my goodness until you are conformed into the way God thinks and sees you. Aren't you happy that God never gets tired of you? Come on, how many in here can admit I've done some things that God should be tired? I'd be tired of myself. Come on, how many omit that? I, I'd be tired of myself. But it's amazing. Bible says, for God so loved. He didn't come to condemn. He so loved us. He gave his son. Salvation came to us. You didn't do anything to get saved. Salvation came to you. God brought that to you because of love. Not for any other reason, because of love. There was nothing you could do to earn it. It was because of love. It's because He loves you so much. And I believe God wants us to change this way of thinking, to transform our minds and not be conformed to this world, as Romans 12 says. Because... He understands and he knows that transformed people transform cities. If we live in the state that the enemy wants us to live, believing he's a, his lies, because that's all the enemy is, is a liar. Amen? Any issue in your life that's not of God, it's because you believed a lie. You forgot who you were. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. Who I was no longer exists. I am a new creation. I'm not Javier from 30 years ago. Amen? I got saved 29 and a half years ago. 30 years ago, I don't know that guy no more. So you could tell me all the things I did then, and I'll tell you that was not me. That was somebody else. That was Javier version 1. This is her Javier version KG, the kingdom of God. This is the new version. This is the improved vision. There is this. There is nothing better. God has given me all these 
changes, but God is transforming me more into his image and in his likeness. But the minute I was saved, I became a new creation. Do you understand me? I want you to hear this because Pastor Nina inspired me last week with her teaching, preaching. So I'm going to try that today. I'm trying to say a little more reserved. You just kind of stand behind here. I'm trying, Pastor Nina. I'm trying. Amen? So I believe God's brought us to this moment in your life to bring you to a place of, re- of surrender so he can trust us with his understanding. And we'll go into that. But I believe we there's areas, things in our lives, opinions, viewpoints, perspectives that we need to surrender to him before he could bring that next level of revelation and understanding in our lives. So if there's some stinking thinking, there's some offense, there's some bitterness, there's some anger, let me tell you, you will never be able to see beyond that. You'll always be looking in that paper bag. You know, you look at people on the outside and you say, why in the world are they there? I saw who they were in God and they're there because they allowed themselves to believe a lie of the enemy. And it's confounded them. It's held them back. And what they need to do is say, God, forgive me for believing a lie and help me move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. And I believe he's brought us to this moment of surrender. 2 Corinthians 3 talks about beholding his glory and how they believe that the veil is removed. See, the Bible talks about how the veil is removed. They believed and the veil was removed. So God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to show it all to you and then you'll believe. Remember, because we, this is a faith walk. It's a choice thing. God gives you the choice every day to work out your salvation. Otherwise, we'd be robots. Otherwise, we wouldn't recognize the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. So it's a choice thing. He gives us the choice every day to view it God's way or the, or the enemy's way. Or, the better said, the liar's way. Amen? So our hearts are capable of capturing something before my mind ever even gets it. Did you hear that? Your heart, the reality of who you are, not the flesh and blood, your spirit can capture something before your mind even gets it. That's why when you come into this presence and, you, and, and, and you're in these worship services and we're taking communion and all those issues were over there, something happens when you come together with other believers. There's something inside of you saying there is more. There's a victory. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yea, you may be passing through the valley of the shadow of death, but do not fear, for God is with you. And that dead thing that you thought was dead comes alive. That's what happened when Elizabeth met up with Mary. That dead thing she thought had, that promise of God, comes alive. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. We need one another. We need fellowship. We need kononia. We need one another to fan the flame. Have others tell us, this is who you are. So if you come to the house just telling people what they're not, 
You're not being used by God. You're being used by the enemy. We're called here to speak life. Life into who we are in Jesus. See, God wants us to see present day truths. The reality of where we are in the current season that we find our lives in. Amen? So we know where we are so we don't quit. So we get it. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm speaking to your soul. I'm speaking to your spirit. Stop looking at what's going on around you. It didn't matter that Jesus only had a few loaves and fishes. He understood who he was connected to. It doesn't matter to God that you only have $2.50 in your bank account. If he's telling you to step out in faith, step out in faith, and he will multiply it in Jesus' name. See, we want the veil revealed, the veil taken back so we can see before we believe. But God's saying, no, believe, and then you shall see. It always starts on the inside and flows outward. The world wants you to feel it on the outside and then believe. Right? And we do it the world's way. We do it the world's way. We feel it on the outside. And what happens? We feel guilty. We feel dirty. We feel like we've sinned. We feel like we've gone away and veered away from the Lord. Right? God's speaking to our soul. There's a yes and amen. There's, there's a yes and amen. Jesus is the yes, the Bible says, and we are the amen. Jesus is the yes. We all quote that scripture, yes and amen. No, what it says is Jesus is the yes, but we have to say amen. So be it. I believe it. I'm stepping out in it. And it's not just a talk. It's not a claiming. It's not just claiming it. It's not just saying it a thousand times. But it's dwelling on the word and on the truth of God. 2 Peter 1. Let's go there. 2 to 6 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Jesus, our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things. Tell your neighbor, he's given us all things. He's given us all things that pertain to life. Amen? You want to know the name of this sermon? I got it all. Write it there on the piece of paper. I got it all. I got it all. If you're a believer, you got it all. As his divine power has given to us all things. I want you to hear that. Jesus has already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything you need in this world and in the, in the kingdom of God in heavenly places, you have already. Did you hear me? It's there already. It's accessible to you already through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue you have all those things not just because you name it and claim it but through knowledge of him how do we learn more about him his word meditating on him day and night knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises Look at your neighbor. They got a treasure. They've got exceedingly great. Not just good. Not just great. They've already got access to exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these 
you may be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruptible. It's not saying that you're escaping. What does it say there? Having escaped the corruptible that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. So add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. I want you to circle verse 3. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Some of you need to write that in your mirror. You get up so grumpy thinking you don't got nothing. Look at all that I got. My Bible says you got everything. All that you need, you got. Everything you need for this life and the next, you already have. Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. For a lack of knowledge. For not spending time in his word. For not seeing what God is saying. For, for we, we could be sitting so close to the answer, but allow the, allow the lies of the enemy and blindness to keep us from accessing what is already provided. What you need is right there. You reach out and feel it. Can you feel it? It's right there at your fingertips. It's right there. But we need to say, Lord, remove the scales. I've told you many times. Many people say, oh, Paul, Saul did not become Paul and begin to really move in the Lord. Even when he saw the light, we could see the light and take no action. The scales didn't come off of his eyes. When he saw the light, the scales took, fell off when he did what God told him, even in the state he was of blindness. And he said, go to Ananias. And when he went to Ananias, and when he began to talk to him, what happened? The scales fell off. There's some things, some scales that, the God, that God wants to remove from your life right now, but it's time to see the light and step out. Right? Believe. Believe. Step out, and then God will reveal. He'll open the veil. He'll... Give, let you see the scales will drop off. He's already provided. That's what Peter's saying. 2 Corinthians 2, 8 says, But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. We're being transformed. What you're going through right now is not just God bringing bad stuff to your life. It's because he's operating and there's a transformation a metamorphosis a change you're going from a bug to a butterfly from a tadpole to a frog you are being transformed just as when you see a caterpillar to a butterfly that's what you've been changed on the inside and God's trying to transform the rest of you to catch up to that now will it happen on this earth no it'll happen one day completely but while we're here, we're to keep pressing on because God wants to show this world. He wants us here to reflect being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Revelation knowledge lifts the veil to what is already true. 
Revelation knowledge lifts the veil to what is already true, to what already has been accomplished, to what has already put, been put into your account, to what is already legally yours, to what God already wants to do. You have access to that at the time you need it. Amen? A whole generation missed out on what God already had for them because they wouldn't step out. It wasn't that they were viewed by others as grasshopper. It was that their perspective was that they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Tell your neighbor, they believe the lie. They believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the labels. Don't, don't believe who people say you are. Believe who God says you are. Amen? Abraham had to come to that place. He had to leave family. He had to leave location. He had to leave the donkey. He had to leave the servant till he finally saw that's where I'm supposed to go and worship. It took a whole process. And he is the father of our faith. And this is salvation. You see the story of David. It's a constant story of salvation. He was saved. He is saved, he's being saved, and he's going to be saved. Constant, was saved, being saved, going to be saved. Are you guys getting this? Hope you're writing. You know, we, we all rub a magic lamp and say, I'm God, my fire insurance is covered. And we live in state. You know what it means to live in state? That's where they put dead people. They put them in state, in a coffin, in a Billy Graham. They put him in the rotunda, in his coffin, and he was there in state. That wasn't him anymore. That was dead Billy Graham. He wasn't there. His body was. The carcass of who he was, the real him, was in the presence of the Lord. And I guarantee you, he wasn't saying, oh, Lord, I wish I could be in the rotunda. He said, I'm happy to be in the place God wants me to be in this very moment. And as believers, that's what frustrates us when we're living in state of yesterday's salvation and we're not in the place that God's called us to be. Amen? That frustrates, that irks us, that drives us bonkers, and it opens us up to, to hear, and it's because we're hearing the lies of the enemy. Amen? Life is meant to be great. I want you to look around. God has not only life, but life more abundant. Amen? He wants his life, his nature to permeate us completely to change us. It's there for every infirmity. It's there for every trouble. It's there for every issue. So that we can step and live in life abundantly. Amen? He wants this strength and this life to flow through every bone in our body. Amen? Through the cross, God has given us everything we will ever need in life and in godliness. Everything we need, we've got in our salvation. That's why you can't leave it 29 and a half years ago. You can't leave it six months ago. You need to trust the work of the Lord in your life. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. The amen is His glory reflecting through us. He says yes. He's waiting for our amen. 
God's speaking for you and he's waiting for you to say amen. He's waiting for you to say take action. He's waiting for you to step out. He's waiting for you to live and be the God person that God's called you to be. Amen. He wants us to live absolutely, totally surrendered to the will of God. He's waiting for that. He's saying, I'm waiting for that before I can move, before I can bring revelation. Be in that place, not halfway here and there. He doesn't want you to think that that idol you placed above him be the one that's brought the blessing into your life. He wants you to know that it was God and God alone. Come on, how many of you, you could tell this story? It was God and God alone. It was God that saved me. My mom could whack me with brooms. I couldn't, wouldn't come to church. I'm serious. She'd hit me with broomsticks. I'd laugh too. She hit me harder. Nobody could get me to church. Nobody could get me to the things of God. It wasn't until I saw God for myself. Till I had an encounter with him for himself. You know, we're wondering why in the world is the world living the way the world is? Well, because the world is that, not saved. So here we are judging the world. And why do we judge? To make ourselves feel better for not doing the things God's called us to do. We hear the yes, but we're not acting on the amen. So in order to not have to act on the amen, we point the picture, point the finger. It's their fault and their fault and their fault. Look at the immigrants. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that lifestyle. Look at that way of living. Well, don't you worry about that. What if their transformation and their salvation, God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you. Because transformed people transform cities. You know, I'm disappointed. I mentioned this already. I'm disappointed that so many Christians are jumping on this political bandwagon, giving all kinds of money to stupidity, and we think that laws will govern human beings, when, and we forgot to trust the power of God to change hearts one at a time. God's called us to change hearts one at a time. To be the solutions. Not part of the rhetoric. Not part of the talk, but we have a God, Jesus. All this is happening in the worst time in Paul's life. Rome is crazy. You think it's crazy now. You haven't been to Rome back then. Ways of living, lifestyle, government oppression. Pastor Dennis has been praying for this oppression in China because he knows the church got soft while there was no challenge. Let's all be honest. We get a little soft when we don't get challenged. Right? Obviously, I haven't been exercising. That's why I'm a little soft. We grow. Our muscles grow. Our strength grows when there's challenge. Our faith grows when there's challenge. And when we get beyond ourselves, God's waiting for us to do a great thing. Romans 6, open your Bibles. How many of you are receiving the word, understanding the word? I want you to walk out of here with such a clear message of who you are of salvation and water baptism who you are Romans 6 what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin tell your neighbor you're dead to sin not you're dying to sin you're dead to sin pastor Daniel you are dead to sin 
who've died to sin any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us are were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized in this death? You know, I'm tired of people saying, you know, baptism is a symbol of... No, no. Baptism, a prophetic utterance of who we are in Jesus Christ. It's not a symbol of anything. It's a prophetic utterance that we are no longer... That old person is dead and buried with Jesus Christ. I am a new creation. Amen? It's not a symbol. If it's a symbol, you're just getting wet. You're just going for a swim. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Bump your neighbor and say, you should be walking in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Ooh, that is good. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We look like Jesus. Turn around and say, hey, what's up, Jesus? Looking good. Knowing this, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Some of you need to put a date. Javier version one died on this day. That person isn't alive anymore. He died on the cross. Jesus came and settled it on the cross 2,000 years ago. You don't, your old self doesn't need to keep dying. It's dead. The Bible says here, it died with Jesus. That's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't counsel anybody. He just kills the old nature. Maybe we should try that in counseling. Die in Jesus' name. Amen? Knowing this, that our old man, because if you think about it, counseling, all you're doing is what? Nurturing the old man. Oh, old man, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. No, that's not who you are anymore. Get out of that stinking thinking. Get out of that way of thinking. You are not that. You are, there's new, there's a newness of life. You've, there's a likeness in his death. You died the way Jesus died. Jesus doesn't have to die again. He died and he rose. Period. Amen? Knowing that this, our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Tell your neighbor, you're free from sin. You're no longer to be a slave to sin. For he who has died has... Been, imagine if we, every time we feel tempted to sin, we, we tell that sin, or actually we tell the enemy, I'm not believing your lie. That's not me no more. I'm free from sin. I've died to sin. That's old Javier, 29 and a half, uh, 20, 30 years ago, 29 and a half years ago. That's a new creation. So leave me alone in Jesus' name. And just, and, and I believe this is a word you need to hear because let me tell you, the moment you step out of here, guess what's coming? A wilderness. What did God tell Jesus when he rose from the waters? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And, what, and right after that, the Bible says he was taken into the wilderness. And what does the Bible say? What did the first thing the enemy told him? If you are the son of God. 
There's, some, there's a revelation that needs to come to you right now. I am. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, you can without a shadow of a doubt say, I am a child of God. I am His. I'm His. Maybe I've stepped back and I need the Lord to forgive me, but I am Him. I today re-give, I just give my life, rededicate my life to Him. Amen? We're alive in Him knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once and for all. But for the life that He lives, He lives to God. Amen? His life is a reflection of God, of the glory of God. That's why he said greater works than these. That same glory, that same reflection, we should be living each and every day of our lives. Likewise, you also reckon. How many of you country in here? Any country folks? Some of you need to reckon who you are. You need to reckon who you are. Reckon yourself to be dead in sin. I reckon I'm dead to sin. I reckon that's not me anymore. I reckon I am dead to sin. You need to recognize if you're from Oakland. You better recognize. Some of you need to recognize. If you don't understand that word, let me tell you what it says in the um, uh, Oakland thesaurus. You need to recognize. It's time for you to recognize who you are in G. Recognize yourself to be dead indeed to sin. Quit kicking that dead horse. It is dead. Stop, stop trying to wake up that dead person. It is dead. It is dead. Dead to sin. But you are alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Tell your neighbor, you need to recognize you're alive in God. You're dead to sin, alive to God. Some of you need to read all of Romans. Because I tell you, parts of Romans are so misquoted. Parts of Romans are so misquoted. Actually, the next chapter, Romans 7, 1, and those few verses, people misquote that thing all the time. Oh, you got married to somebody else, you're committing adultery. That's not what that chapter's about. So these are all letters that Paul wrote, and you need to read them all. I challenge you, read every single one of Romans. Sit down, read it all together. Read what it has to say. Don't go just a chapter. We stop sometimes too soon. Some of you need to white out the chapters in your Bible so you don't stop reading. Just in life, we stop a little bit short, and God's saying, no, keep pressing, keep pressing. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. You're not evil anymore. You hear me? You're not that person anymore. See, condemnation says... You lied, you're a liar. You had sex outside of marriage, you're a fornicator. You had sex while you were married, you're an adulterer. That's what condemnation says. You are your sin. 
Conviction says you're living below who you are. You're living below the newness of life. You're living below who God's called you to be. Conviction hurts good. Conviction hits in a way. It's telling you live up to who you are. Live up to that new creation. Stop giving in to the lies of the enemy. I would challenge you, any Christian that sins is believing lies. That's why the Lord says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I have not given you what the enemy tries to bring you. I don't give you lies. You're not that person. Your flesh doesn't have to come succumb to that lust, to that desire. You are a new creation. Come on, how many of you have ever gone to school? And it's time for the test. You have a choice. Bow out early. Come forward. Forget it. Too hard. Some of us are living in that regret right now. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do this? But God says, no, when the test comes, you will overcome. You will press through. You will have the victory. And you will see yourself at the other side. It's the enemy that comes and says, oh, that test is coming. You can't do that. That's not who you are. If you are a child of God. If you are. No, I am a child of God. My God will provide for all of my needs. I have the victory in Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. There's, I bet you, some people in the room or online who've never even made that declaration over themselves. See, that's what we need to be meditating on. The word of the Lord, I am a child of God. I'm not who, I'm not the abuse. I'm not the trauma. I'm not the issues of the past. I'm not the alcoholic anymore. I'm not the drug user anymore. How did the Lord deliver that person from drugs like that? Because they believed what God declared over their lives. You don't need those drugs anymore. You don't need that alcohol anymore. You don't need that girl anymore. You don't need that guy. You don't need that side thing. You don't need that. You're living below who you are in Jesus Christ. Come on. Those sins that so easily ensnare us, God wants to bring victory into our lives. Work it out daily. The Bible says work out that salvation daily. Give yourself as a member of righteousness. Why don't you wake up every morning and say, I am the righteousness of God. I will bring the wisdom of God to my workplace. I will be a source of wisdom to others. I will pray for the sick and see them well in Jesus' name. I will see God use me in every arena and sphere of my life. The Bible says we should to present ourselves to God as being alive from the dead. For sin shall not have dominion over you, it says in verse 14. For you are not law under law, but you are under grace. Romans 6.11 Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Recognize that you are dead to sin. Recognize that you're not that person anymore. You don't have to struggle with depression. 
You don't have to struggle with those issues. You don't have to struggle with pornography. You are not that person anymore. You're living below your means. You're living below who God's declared. You are a new creation. Amen. I'm dead to sin and I'm alive to God. Amen. That's my present situation. Some of you right now, you need to say, my present situation, where I'm at right now, is that I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. Alive to God. Alive to who He says I am. Who He says I'm not. Amen? The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I want you to hear that. We're not wrestling. What do we try to wrestle with? When we have an issue with the sin, what's the first thing we do? Try to wrestle with the flesh. Stop that flesh. Try to whack that thing, kick that thing, persecute that thing, chain that thing. But the Bible says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not our nature anymore. It says here, but we are wrestling against spiritual powers, lies from the enemy. You're dead to sin. That's not who you are. We need to celebrate. We need to meditate on the truth. We need to understand who we are. It's interesting because if you look at the word salvation, there's two meanings. One is sozo, salvation, which means to save and be made well. Right? Matthew 1.20 says, says we were saved from sin. Versus Matthew 9, 20 says, 21 says, to be made well. Made well. Luke 10, 17 talks about the stories of the lepers. Right? Ten of them were saved. But one of them came back. And he said, look at me. I've been made well. I am whole in Jesus' name. Will we be that one? Will we be that one that will recognize, look what God has done. He's not only healed me, He has made me well. Amen? He's not only blessing me, but blessings will flow through me. It's a constant work. For the sake of time, Ephesians 2, 5, write these down. says, when you were saved. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, today's salvation, a now salvation. 1 Corinthians 1 talks about being saved or an active motion, a momentum. And then Romans 10, 9 says, you will be saved. There'll be a day when Jesus comes back and you will be saved. Amen? Right where you're at, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want to pray for you because I believe God has salvation in the room, not just for those, not just for those that need to ask Jesus into the heart for the first time. But I believe for those that have drifted away. Hebrews 2 says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. We need to give the more earnest heed to the Word of God. And then what does the next part say? Least we drift away. I want you to hear this. That's what happens this is what happens when we don't meditate on God's word on truth. If we don't take heed to what God says we are, it says we will drift away. 
we'll drift away. We'll walk away from truth. We'll look at issues and we'll let them overwhelm us. But the Bible says we need to take heed to what we've heard every day. Least, least we drift away. I believe there's some people in the room right now that God's saying, you've drifted. You've drifted. That's okay. All you got to do is say, Lord, forgive me for sinning. Forgive me for believing the lies of the enemy. Forgive me for stepping away from you. Come into my life. I rededicate. I give my life to you. Some people here have been living in a state of salvation. In a state of salvation. You got saved 10 years ago, some in here 40, 50 years ago, and you've been living in that state. And you're wondering why you have this frustration, and it's because inside your soul, your spirit is saying, your spirit is saying everything you need, God has for you. It's time to move beyond that state and recognize who you are in the Lord. I've called you to be one that changes cities, changes nations, transforms this world for Jesus Christ. Father, forgive us for drifting away. Why don't we like the music anymore? Why don't I like the preaching anymore? Why, why don't I want to be about Christians anymore? Because we've not taken heed and we've drifted away. We want to blame everybody else. That's what Adam did, right? Why'd you sin, Adam? Well, it wasn't me, it was Eve. You gave her to me. Eve, why'd you sin? It wasn't me, it was the serpent. We try to justify ourselves for blaming others for what God is trying to do in our lives and the change he's trying to bring about in our lives. So right where you're at right now, I don't know what you feel challenged with, I don't know how far you've drifted, but just say, I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. And I'm coming back to you, Jesus. Forgive me for, for, being, for drifting away. Forgive me, Father, for all that you've done. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my life. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. I love the story in Psalms 106 where he talks about Moses and talks about all that he did. And in verse 8, it talks about how they knew the mighty power of the Lord. And then in verse 12, it says, they believed his word and began to sing praises to him. And then the very next verse, the Bible says, they forgot his work and didn't wait on his counsel. It's amazing how God could do a great thing for us and we could forget. How God could part water, stop time, move mountains, bring down walls, use us to bring healing to others, freedom to others. And in that very instant, because we drift and do not take heed, we drift away, we forget His work. And then the Bible goes on to say, Pastor Nina, verse 15, they, that their souls begin to get lean. You know, we, you know it's, I believe physically we need to get a little leaner. 
We need a little pressure. But when it comes to our souls, they should be fat. And not like P-H-A-T, fat, but F-A-T, fat, with truth, fat, with the word. And I believe God's calling us right now to come into a season of just meditating. I challenge you, just spend time in His Word. Quote His Word. Read His Word. Declare His Word. Take this scripture, Romans 6, 1 through 14, and say, that's me. Father. Then read Hebrews 2, 1 and say, Father, forgive me for drifting. Forgive me for moving away from your promises. Forgive me for forgetting all that you have done. Father, fatten up my soul. I feel empty. I feel dry. The miracles have stopped. The supernatural has stopped. Creativity has stopped. The move of the Holy Spirit has stopped. We can't afford to lose sight of the greatness of God. Because when we lose sight, of the greatness of God, the very first thing we lose is our joy and our peace. Very first thing we lose. So right now, I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up. I believe there's some people you've drifted. You've drifted and God's saying, it is time right now, even as an act of faith, to step out where you are and come forward. So if you're in the room, just step out and come forward. Ministry, come forward. Anybody else, come out. Just step out and come forward. God's saying, come forward. Come forward. Come forward. If that's you, you say, I've drifted. I've stepped away. I need God. Hebrews 6, 19 says, This hope we have, and as anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. I believe this is the season to enter into the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you, our God never changes. Our God never changes. You talk to people who got lost at sea or lost in a snow blizzard, and they'll tell you, they took their eye off of the one stationary thing, off that star, off that landmark. They took their eye off of that. And what did they do? They drifted. And they got lost. So if you're in the room right now and you feel lost, just get out. Just step out of your seat and come forward. I believe the Lord's doing a great work right now. If you're in the room and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, this is your day. The Bible says all you got to do is believe in your heart and confess. Amen? Ask Him to forgive you. Repent of your ways and you will be saved. So why don't you repeat after me? Say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I'm going to repent from my life, from my lifestyle. I want to be that new creation. Come and metamorphosize me. Do a great work in me. Forgive me. And I want to begin to live for you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give it up for the Lord.